Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. For people living in cities plagued by the heat island effect, air pollution, stormwater, and all of the psychological and physical effects of living in a crowded concrete environment, turning the rooftops of big buildings into living gardens and parks seems like an ingenious way to mitigate some of those problems. And green roofs aren't exactly a new idea. According to Graham Hopkins and Christine Goodwin's 2011 book, The Living Architecture, Green Roofs and Walls, the earliest green roofs were the hanging gardens of Babylon and other roof gardens on stone temples, created around 600 BCE. But modernly, green roofs began to catch on in Europe in the 1960s, and it wasn't until the 2000s that the movement began to take root, so to speak, in North America. In 2017 alone, there were more than 1,000 green roof projects completed in 39 U.S. states and five Canadian provinces, covering nearly 5.4 million square feet. That's about 500,000 square meters of rooftop space with soil and plants. At least 25 North American cities, including San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Chicago, have enacted legislation that either requires green roofs on buildings or provides incentives to create them. And there's growing scientific evidence that green roofs are beneficial, with studies showing that they lower street-level temperature and reduce fine particles of air pollution, as well as reduce and delay runoff from rainstorms. And then there are the mental health benefits of more exposure to green space and plants. A study published in 2015 in the Journal of Environmental Psychology found that simply spending 40 seconds gazing at a rooftop flowering meadow helped to restore experimental subjects' attention, and that those who had such a view made significantly fewer errors and performed better on tasks than their counterparts who only got to look at a bare concrete roof. At this point, you might be wondering, if green roofs have so many benefits, then why aren't even more cities sprouting greenery on their rooftops? While green roofs make sense in a lot of ways, requiring their installation isn't as simple as it might seem. The city of Denver, Colorado, learned that lesson after its voters decided in 2017, by a 54 to 46% vote, to pass the nation's most aggressive green roof ordinance. It mandated that all new buildings over 25,000 square feet in area, that's around 2,300 square meters, devote at least a portion of their roof surface to vegetation, and required some existing buildings to go green whenever they replaced their roofs as well. Businesses, real estate developers, and Denver Mayor Michael Hancock all opposed the measure, but pro-green roof activists utilized social media and, quote, a lot of community meetings to build popular support. That's according to Brandon Reithheimer, the initiative's lead organizer. After the election, Reithheimer joined a city task force set up to figure out how to implement the new requirements, and the group soon discovered problems. Three separate engineering evaluations of Denver's building stock revealed that 85 to 90 percent of existing large buildings would have to be exempted from the green roof requirement. That's because their structures weren't capable of handling the additional weight of adding a rooftop membrane, at least several inches of soil, and vegetation, which worked out to about eight pounds per square foot. Another problem was that the ordinance allowed buildings to combine solar panels with plants to meet the green roof requirement, which might have resulted in less vegetation on rooftops than proponents had envisioned. That, in turn, would mean that green roofs wouldn't provide as much relief from the heat island effect, pollution, and stormwater runoff as hoped. Eventually, the task force decided that the best solution was to write a new ordinance to replace the one voters had approved— That measure, which was approved by the city council, includes more flexible requirements and additional options. 
Instead of everyone having to put in a green roof, buildings would have the option of installing a cool roof that wouldn't absorb as much sunlight, and combining that with more vegetation on the property at ground level, or other similar measures. As a result, the amount of total green space required is higher for new construction, with provisions for multiple paths to meeting the requirement. While some supporters who voted for green roofs might be disappointed, Rethimer said, when people see the benefits, at the end of the day, it's much better. He remains confident that many buildings still will opt for green roofs. We also spoke with Jennifer Bosalot, whose name I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, and who is an assistant professor in the Department of Horticulture and Landscape Architecture at Colorado State University. She also served on the task force. She said, it sounds like it's stepping back, but it really was for the greater good while balancing the realities. Aside from structural limits, cost is another challenge. Busselot says that putting a relatively shallow installation of a few inches of soil could cost between $15 to $35 per square foot in the Denver area. A deeper layer capable of growing larger plants and retaining more moisture would be even more costly. The revamped ordinance reduced that economic pressure. Katrina Manigan, Energy Efficient Buildings Lead for the City of Denver, told us via email that compliance costs would be reduced by 20% and that the cost of new construction would rise by just 1% or less under the new rules. But even though Denver had to loosen its stringent green roof requirements, Busselot still sees green roofs as the future, both in the Mile High City and elsewhere. As more green roofs are built, the cost will drop, she says. Quote, we're urbanizing at such a rate that we have no other option. If we're going to green, we've got to green our roofs. Today's episode was written by Patrick J. Kiger and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other growing topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 